You're listening to the Pocket Hole Podcast with your host, PDF Pocket Hole. We're broadcasting to you today from Frederick Nietzsche's thought. That's right, Pocket Hole has manifested himself as a passing thought in the mind of the 19th century philosopher, Frederick Nietzsche. Welcome to the Pocket Hole Podcast. Sound waves, pocket thoughts in the brains of the human population. Welcome to the Pocket Hole Podcast. Your whole inhalation of good vibrations and information. So, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with finding out what the meaning of life was. To me, it was the only thing that mattered. I was a very goal-orientated person, still am. And I always just felt like there was something that we're working towards. And to be honest, I think most people do. For some reason, humans are just built with this desire to, to reach a destination. And it's very rarely about the actual journey of getting there. I know that's kind of cliche to say, but now I know it's about the journey. It's all about the story of of your life and not about where you're going, but I suppose that's why heaven exists, you know? It's a perfect ending to a story for us, you know, that you get to heaven and, oh, class, okay, that's that's great, I got to heaven. That's the story of my life and, you know, this is the climax. No one ever talks about what you do in heaven or, you know, what happens after that. Heaven is like the ultimate goal, but what do you do after that? You just hang around on a cloud all day, which sounds good, but I need goals. I need something to work towards. I need I need an ending so that everything I do from the start to the finish means something. It's like, have you ever played a video game where you beat the game and then suddenly, like, you can just wander around the world to your will and you can do everything you want, like, you've unlocked everything and suddenly the game just becomes incredibly boring. I want to feel like there is an ending so that everything that happens before it is worthwhile. But if there's no ending, then you're just constantly doing shit for no apparent reason. But anyway, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the meaning of life because I didn't realize that the the whole thing about an ending, I just, I thought there must be a reason we're here. Simple as that. I want to know what it is because I've been floating around for nine years now and nothing's really happened. So going to school every day and eating a jam sandwich, it's great, but, you know, I need a bit more. I have a vague memory of watching a cartoon when I was like 9 or 10 where the main character meets an alien and this alien is an omniscient god. So the character says, If you know everything, then what colour underpants am I wearing? And the alien says, You're wearing blue underpants. And the kid says, Hey, cool. So the, the kid, the character, asks the alien what the meaning of life is. And in classic cartoon comedy fashion there's like a loud noise that happens just as the alien says it and then the character goes oh so that's what it is stuff like that used to annoy me I, I I hate not knowing and still to this day number one thing I hate in life not knowing and the one thing I wanted to know more than anything was the meaning of life so this cartoon really pissed me off art is so powerful that as a kid, 
I can't really tell the difference between art and reality. I did genuinely think that the animators of this TV show knew the secret to life and just... I, I didn't verbalize this thought as a child, but I just assumed that they knew because they're adults and adults, or at least my parents, had a funny habit of making you think that adults know everything and you don't know anything. And also, I was told that when I'm 18, you know, I could have whatever I want, so can I have a TV in my room? Well, you can when you turn 18, or you know, can I have a laptop? Can I, can I move out? Can I do this? Can I do that? You can when you're 18. So I just assumed when I was 18 that I'd be sat down and someone would go, all right, so the meaning of life is this. Um, yeah, we just didn't tell you because you weren't 18, but now that you are, that's the meaning of life. And then I would, well, I didn't plan after that part. Actually, when I was a kid, being 18 was my version of heaven. <laughs> like, that was the end goal. As soon as I turn 18, I can drink, I can smoke, uh, you know, I can do whatever I want, I can watch pornography, <laughs> legally. Because, you know, everybody waits until they're 18. So, yeah, I, that was my version of heaven, and I never considered what would happen after I was 18. I just needed to get to that point and I'd figure it out from there. So technically I'm living in heaven right now. To the child version of me, yes I'm in heaven and... I'll tell you what, today is pretty good. The past few days have been pretty good. But there's been a lot of crying, <laughs> a lot of self-doubt, um, anxiety was pretty bad. So yeah, heaven... I wonder... Okay, let's just assume heaven exists. I die right now recording this podcast exactly the way I am. Couple questions I have is, am I the same age? You know, like, do you, do you go to heaven at the age you are? Because if I was old, I'd, I'd rather be young, please. To be honest, I'm just realizing how pointless this com this thought is. Like, there's just so many, there's so many unknowns with this conversation. And also, should I even be talking about this? Absolutely not. Let's get far, far away from this topic. Why did I even bring that up? When I was watching that cartoon, I said that it was hard to distinguish, or art is so powerful that I couldn't distinguish it from reality. And what I mean by that is that I'm so engrossed in art as a kid, and now, but especially as a kid, that I just believe it to be true, which is pretty simple. I mean, you're too young to understand the complexities of video recording and scripting and makeup and animation or whatever. You just see pictures happening in front of you. Of, of course, you assume it's happening. Which is strange because a cartoon is just so obviously not real. But that's how powerful the story writing is and character development. It's, it's all down to the storytelling. You have to care about the mind behind the thing. We don't just care about humans, like real life humans. We care about things that remind us of our own mind. Like we care about dogs, we care about cats, animals. We care about any being that we see a bit of ourselves in, and 
that's all about empathy. And empathy is the cornerstone of art, essentially. Because art, for me, is something that evokes emotion. And you're not really going to evoke an emotion for something that you don't have any empathy for. And now I've already said that a cartoon for children is art. So uh, to, to kind of quell the fires of the keyboard warriors who are telling me that cartoons aren't art, let's discuss what art is. I'm not going to make this pretentious. Even the word art itself has, <laughs> it has bad connotations, you know, which is, it's, it's because people don't really distinguish art from the art world. And I said people don't distinguish, which is just a huge generalization of the entire population. But anyway, there is a difference between the art world and art. For example, I have a friend who would say that a, a kid drawing a picture isn't art but but why why is that not art and why is an adult drawing a picture considered art everyone almost certainly already has an answer to what they think art is or not and maybe you haven't verbalized it to yourself but like let's 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 go through it let's get on the same page here if you ask two people what they think art is, you'll get two very different answers. I have one friend who will tell you that art is a painting. That's literally his stance on it. And I have another who will tell you that art is an expression of emotion. Now, art isn't just a painting. Although I do get why people think that. Because if you had art class in school, they certainly weren't getting you to listen to Pink Floyd and watch French films. It was painting pictures of dogs in a garden. So if you don't actively pursue an interest in art after school or in school, then this is pretty much the extent of what's been taught to you as being art. It just, it starts and ends in that class. And if you don't have art in your school, then you just kind of figure it out somewhere along the line. And it's perfectly reasonable that most people don't really bother to think about it that much. I mean, everyone listens to music, goes to the theatre, sees a film or whatever. But whether you're... If, if you're not really into art and you go see Avengers Endgame in the cinema, you're not going to come out of that thinking about art any further than you did when you went into the movie. So then when if someone says that film is art and that means technically... Uh, Avengers Endgame is art. That's going to be pretty... That's going to take you back a bit. So it's a... It's a multifaceted topic. There's a lot to think about. And before making this podcast, I wasn't really sure how to approach the subject. And I think it's pretty apparent by this stage that... I, <laughs> I haven't really approached it. But anyway, uh, I, no, we're getting there. So I asked my friends what they thought and I gave them my opinion, and wow, I came away feeling very attacked because I didn't, I didn't quite realize what their perspective was, and I was basically told that I'm a pretentious prick, and they told me what they think art is, but, well, the difference was I was saying what I think it is, 
and they were telling me what it is. So, for two very confident people who are aggressively telling me their opinion, uh, I, I don't think they had thought about it really until I asked them. But anyway, listen, I recorded the conversation. I'm going to play you a few clips of what they had to say. You can make up your own mind, but I was a bit like, whoa. Have a listen. There's only so many times I can get drunk, alright, in this life. Don't want to spend too much of it being fucking talking about fucking art bollocks. No, it's not. Do you want my opinion? I don't even give a fuck about art. I like it. I like pictures. I like fucking performance art. The thing is little. I just hate the fucking pretentious pricks that are into it. Think they're above everyone else, that's all. <laughs> so do you think a painting or, or any piece of art is art because you like it? No, Does it I become think art when you like it and approve it's it? It's bollocks when it's barely anything and someone pretends that it evokes emotion so they can feel like they're in this club or like people who people who think like well if I see this as something and everyone else clearly thinks it's fucking bollocks all seem like I'm, a, I'm in a higher society or something like that. I think a lot of people get a false sense of fucking betterment to themselves out of seeing something that is clearly no effort is put into it, but they think if they see the effort in it, they think they see something different to everything, everyone else in the world, and they get some sense of self, self entitlement out of it. Status. Of status, yeah. Must you understand the reason for its existence? To, no, for it to but be I'm good? not talking about if it's something that I can't do, then that means it's something that a lot of other people can't do, and that means it is something that is, it's special, it's different. But I mean? what about pieces of art that anyone could have done, but no one did? Although it's simple, no one did it. It varies on that. Let's get to the meat of the segment here. Art or art? Okay. I go for it. So, the Mona Lisa. Art. Avicii. Avicii the DJ? Avicii DJ. DJ Avicii. I love levels. Would you consider levels art? I don't consider music art. I consider music music. It's not art, it's a song. It's music. So why isn't music art? Because it's fucking music. But music can also be art. Not really. Why? Because it's played, you can hear it. So you think art is something you can see? Yeah. That's your... That's the well, way what, you see what it. What art can you hear besides music? Like, I would consider all music art because... But besides music, what art can you hear? What, like the audio from a film, I suppose? I don't know, what do you mean? No, that's people talking, my friend. People talking can be art too. <laughs> Performance art, maybe. But, uh, yeah. yeah, but it's music. I still think they should live on different stratospheres, to be honest. That's what I've never, like, everyone says, uh, oh, this is my favorite artist and talks about fucking Rihanna and shit like that. That's ridiculous, The my reason friend. I would say it is because I would argue that art is uh, more of a concept than a physical thing, you know? Like, oh, yeah, that's but, art over there. It's like... Art is an idea. I know, but like at the same time, a paintbrush is a physical thing as much as a fucking guitar is a physical thing. It's it's kind of I mean? similar in Recording the way. Recording instruments are a fucking physical thing. It's Headphones are a physical thing. A canvas is a physical thing. It's what you put onto them. They're all fucking different. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of similar to money. Like money is a physical. You know, there's physical embodiments of money, but money as a thing in general is a concept. It's numbers that yeah, we invented. Yeah, it's paper as well, isn't it? No, it's, it's, it's the value that we give to the paper, not the paper. Yeah, but even if we did, so it does have value. 
But what I, I would mean, say is that I'm not just gonna say here's something I believe to be worth two euro. I'm gonna give you a fucking two euro. I'm gonna Well, that's the difference because money to everybody is equally agreed upon how much value it is for the most yeah, part. Yeah, because but people ours, who knew that we need things to instead of just being tribes, fucking spears at each other and fucking killing each other for no reason. Well, we said, here, here's a few quid, we'll stop the owner. Because money is worth fucking money, my friend. People are way smarter than you a long time ago said, here, we'll do a bank and you give me all <laughs> your own money. I'll keep all your money safe and I'll give you a little bit back. Well, it started but with the gold standard more, though, didn't it? Yeah, but there's no gold standard anymore, anymore my friend. Yeah, I know, yeah. Now it's just, you'll give me all your money, I'll give you a bit back and we'll buy a lot of shit, buy a lot of property in Bahamas and we'll be grand, but you'll be fucked. And you'll never be able to buy a house. Now, this blew my mind, <laughs> I will admit. I'm aware that I have a stronger interest when it comes to art, but uh, this made me question if I had really just gone up my own hole. And I'm, I'm always aware that, well, this is, my, this is my job, and it's my passion, and it's what I love, and it's kind of weird that I get so attacked for liking this thing so much. For example, some people just don't care about sports. Some people haven't the first clue, and as far as they're concerned, just let them have their fun. But everyone has some sort of connection with art, and I think they feel like you're trying to trample on their enjoyment of something, and people don't quite like when you do that. I was, I was surprised to get that response from my friends, but, you know, it's funny when you're in a room with two people angrily disagreeing with you, it kind of makes you question your own sanity. <laughs> it, makes, it makes you wonder if you're the one who's wrong when you're being told you're wrong. And by the way, the, the clip I played is just like a minute. Uh, the, the whole conversation was two hours long, so maybe you think I'm overreacting, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing you a segment that kind of sums up the feeling of the day. So, the most common argument used to refute music as art is that something is only art if I can understand it, but I don't possess the skill to do it myself. So my friends here don't have a solid idea of what art is, so the rules change with each individual artwork, and it becomes a thing of that's art, that's not art, that's art, that's art, that's not art, which, as you can imagine, is very inconsistent. I mean, if you're going to have a general definition for what it is, then you have to stick by that definition. Okay, uh, Denim Holdings, my friend in the recording, he says that art is a painting. So I show him the Campbell soup can that Andy Warhol painted, and he says, no, that's not art. And I say, but, but it's a painting. That's your definition, so do you take back your definition? He said, no, it's still a painting, but not that. That's just a can of soup. I said, yeah, that's the point. And he said, no, a painting it has to be like a beautiful painting, like a door. That's actually what he said. <laughs> How is a door any better than a soup can? I think it was just because he was looking at a door while we were talking. In fact, that's exactly what happened. I will, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Okay, so if you're saying that art is something that you understand, 
but don't have the ability to do yourself, then you're not, you're not going with that logic. I think it's more like, if I don't understand it, then it's not art. It's fair enough, like, we generally don't like things that we don't understand. And if there's a painting of a Campbell soup can, and you just don't know why that would exist, it doesn't look nice, it doesn't mean anything, you don't understand that, then yeah, of, of course, you're not gonna like it. There's loads of stuff I don't understand that I don't like. And to be honest, as I grow older, th that list becomes less and less because if I don't understand something, it bothers me now and I try to understand it. But when I was a kid, and pretty much everybody is a kid, if you don't understand something, it just angers you. Like vegetables. I didn't like spinach or cabbage or broccoli. No, I did like broccoli. You know what's weird is that cartoons and kids TV shows, they make you think that you don't like broccoli. It's so weird. In, in TV shows, the, the kids never like broccoli or they never want to eat their greens. And I always felt really weird for liking broccoli. I felt like I was wrong. Why would, why would they do that? You know what would be so much better is if every kid's TV show they, they hate sweets and chocolate. Like, hate them. Like, they're full of rat poison. But you know it's class? Avocados. <laughs> That's a real millennial TV show. That's probably even gonna happen as well with the, with the way things are going. But anyway. Yeah, I didn't like spinach or... I didn't like chicken. Because I just looked at it. Didn't really know what was going on there. Like, what, what are these stringy bits? Nah, I don't understand that. I'm not eating it. I don't like it. It's it's the most basic human thing ever. There's nothing... that You should never be ashamed for not understanding something. But take it as an opportunity to learn something that you'll enjoy. Because... Okay, say you don't understand why people like certain types of art or whatever. But you don't know why. Maybe there's a fair chance that you don't really understand what's going on. But if you kind of just look into it or ask someone about it, you might get it if, if you have an open mind. You might at least understand why someone else likes it. And then you might start to like it yourself. There's been a couple bands that someone I really like will enjoy this band. For example, my friend Stip. He loves the Stripes, you know, that band from Cavan. I just didn't get it for ages, but just kept listening to their second album. And after a while, I was like, whoa, this is class, actually. I'm so glad I started to, I tried to understand this and to like it. And now I do. But I could have just said, nah, nah, they're shit. And never had the, the joy of listening to that. Is music art is the question that I'm getting to because I often refer to it as that and I get a little bit of heat for it. I think mainly because what I make is kind of silly and, you know, it's not... It doesn't evoke emotion in the way that Hosier might, you know? It's not sad songs, it's not... It doesn't have an obvious message. So, if there is no clear emotion, and I'm still calling it art, people are 
start looking at you like, okay, look, this fucking, this guy's gone up his own hole. He's making a silly song about a fake celebrity Facebook profile and he thinks that's art. Nah, man. Art is, art is something that makes you cry. And true, I did say earlier that art is something that evokes emotion. But we have a pretty broad range of emotions that can be triggered. So stuff like, yeah, pop songs have very simple emotions in them. Like, I miss you so much. I'm so sad now. I wish you were here. And stuff like that is just, it's so easily applicable to so many people. And so many people can access basic emotions and apply that to themselves through the power of empathy. And that's a really easy classification for art and music. But say something like fake celebrity Facebook profile. Okay, what emotion does that evoke? Uh, like happiness? <laughs> oh shit, sorry, that made me sound really... <laughs> Happiness. <laughs> so, this is this is just one big promotion for for my song. Uh, it gives you happiness. <laughs> no, I mean like it's funny. Uh, it's silly. Like it's not taking itself too seriously. It kind of makes you think about things you don't usually think about. It's uh, it, it triggers a kind of uh, a part of your imagination. And to be honest. I don't think I could just put a label like happy or sad on it. And that's why this gets, starts getting lumped into the pretentious category. Because if you can't just easily tick off a box saying, you know, black and white, this is a sad song that makes me sad, therefore art. But you know what I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not black and white, so it's kind of like going to the tax office. Because I went to the tax office and I was kind of living in two different houses and I, I had a job but I also kind of worked freelance and one of the people I lived with was moving to a different country so I went to the tax office and said this and they were like listen can you just tell me you live with your parents or something because I don't know how to help you like just put yourself in a box and we'll give you a certain type of um, tax break or whatever so I went back like, a couple days later and I said um, I live with my parents and I have a job and here's a wage slip and they said cool thanks okay you, you have tax now that was uh, me paraphrasing my experience but anyway the, another confusion with that is that if art doesn't make you feel anything then it's easy to assume that it's not art and that's where things kind of get complicated because I'm trying to explain to Denim that the Campbell soup can is art, but he says, well, you said it was something that evokes emotion. And I say, true. And he asked me what emotion this provokes. And I said, well, like it provokes anger. You're, you're angry that someone painted a soup can. Although I'm not angry at it, so why do I consider it art? Well, it's not just about how it affects you, but it's about how it affects the world around you. Just because I'm not... Maybe I don't have an emotion uh, coming from this soup can, but uh, it really angered a lot of people, so I would. it still fits my definition. One thing I don't get, though, is that 
for some reason, a film and music aren't considered art as much as The Last Supper is. But if The Last Supper is a painting, and that's art, then what about a finger painting that I did when I was five? You know? Where, where is the consistency? Which, which one is art and which one isn't? The most familiar gripe in my life is people who say, that's not real music. Real music has guitars. <sighs> I could do a whole episode on that sentence, but it's, it's people trying to say, the thing I enjoy is better than the thing you enjoy. And also, not just that, but the thing you enjoy, it's nothing. It's not even art. It's not even real music. It's, it's, that's purely subjective, and this has been happening since the dawn of time, but people don't just want to win, they want to see you lose. I just kind of try to op operate at a philosophy where people like what they like, and believe me, there's plenty of things that people like that I don't get or approve of. For example, the band Black Veil Brides, you know, like, kind of goth metal, or, um... What else do people like? Love Island? I, I really... I, I just don't get that. I don't really get a lot of hip-hop. Like, that's a good example of something where... Honestly, there, there's just... So many hip-hop artists that I just don't understand why people like them. And I, I'm not saying they're bad. That's the thing. They're not bad. I just... I don't like it. I don't get it. Those sounds don't appeal to me. But... I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live a life where I don't hate people for liking it, you know? And I used to be like that with the Jonas Brothers or something. I remember I used to just hate anyone who liked the Jonas Brothers. I, I don't even, I can't even remember why I felt like that. Like, why do I give a shit if someone likes it to the Jonas Brothers? I mean, surely it'd be easier just to, you know, click off it and not watch it, because... If I don't like a piece of food, I spit it out. You know, I don't chew it and say, fuck you, I'm gonna crush you up and spit it out and shout at it when it's on the floor and then put it in the bin. <sighs> I just don't get it. I'm not saying that it shouldn't happen. I'm just saying I don't understand. Uh, Denim, one of the, the, angry, the angrier fella in the clip I played you, he said to me, that I think he said a film might be art and he was surprised to hear that I would consider speech from a film to be as much art as the, the film itself. Y you have to separate the audio and the video. <laughs> like The audio, if, if you don't have the visual for a film, th the audio exists and you can close your eyes and listen to it and imagine what's happening. But for him, like, this film is just one solid thing, and to take them apart makes no sense. And, and, and he, he gets angry at me for this, but what I used to like to do, I worked in a factory, and I'd spend all day alone with just an iPod to entertain myself, five days a week, nine hours a day. You run out of albums pretty quickly. So what I used to do was I would download TV shows, like, I'd download a whole season of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And then I would convert it into an MP3. And I would just listen to the to the audio back to back. And that would kill, like, a couple of hours in work. 
and it was really enjoyable. It's a shame that I was kind of forced into that, you know, having to listen to the audio from shows, but it was good. And I just don't do it now because it takes a long time to, you know, set that up, but you kind of, and I'd watch the episode back and I'd have such a different imagination for what happened and a, a lot of blind people say that they really enjoy films and in that way that just listening to it and they'd recommend that other people try the same or with the audio description on and I totally agree like it's it's like listening to a radio play you know that's what they used to do for entertainment back in the day they would create a piece of drama for the radio and TV is essentially that but with pictures and furthermore Okay, so he says the audio from a film isn't art. So is the video? Uh, presumably not. I mean, I, I don't see the logic there. And so what would be the reason? It, it, the reason being that these are two separate things that belong together. But, you know, video is just like thousands of pictures put together. You know, like uh, 24 frames per second. It's 24 pictures every second like uh, <laughs> so is a picture art yeah presumably unless it literally has to be a paintbrush if you're listening to this podcast you probably don't think a, a literally just a painting is what art is so <laughs> we're going to operate under that assumption now i mentioned earlier that a common phrase you'll hear um, about not considering music art is the phrase that's not real music like the music I like is art but the music you like isn't and in my opinion a hatred for modern music is directly linked to technological advancement if someone says a band you like isn't real music it's not usually the music itself that they're criticizing it's the use of modern techniques and production which they haven't accepted yet and that they're critical of. We all fear what we do not know, and if you stop keeping up with music trends for five to 10 years, then there's gonna be a whole load of stuff that you suddenly don't understand. And you know, I've, I've said this a few times, I think, that you know people just fear what they don't know, they don't like what they under, don't understand, and that's the most basic human function. Like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's not like anyone is born understanding everything or that everyone is born being willing to understand things because this is, this is why racism exists. As humans, we are built to be afraid of potential threats or things that are scary to us. And I, I used to know this fucking social justice warrior and she said, I am the least racist person you'll ever meet which is the stupidest fucking thing. Like, are you really gonna try so hard to pretend that you were born so perfect to not be afraid or not misunderstand? Like, in Ireland, for hundreds of years, there was no black people. And in Irish, the word dinna dove, the translation is like black person. That didn't exist for a person who had brown skin when the Irish language was invented because we didn't know that there were people with brown skin. 
So he had the word din a dove, and that actually meant the devil. So when we discovered that black people exist, and they're like, so tell me about your neat little language. What is that you got here? It's called Irish, is it? We say, yeah, ah, uh, but we have this phrase as uh, undoing a dove, like it, it kind of means the devil. That I, I know it looks bad, but like we didn't know about black people, so like we're gonna change it. And they changed it to dinagurum, which means blue person. So if you want to talk about a black person in Irish, you call them undinagurum, like the blue person. <laughs> it's just interesting that when Irish was invented, this is definite proof that we didn't know what black people were. That was only like a couple of hundred years ago. So how are you going to say that people aren't racist? Like, of course, if, if you spend hundreds of years only being surrounded by white people with like brown fair hair, and then this guy with brown skin comes, you're not gonna be like, huh, well, I don't notice anything different about that guy. <laughs> Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying racism is good. I'm just saying you can't deny that at some point or another, that's going to have to be scary to some extent. Because if a fucking alien came down from the sky and he had green skin, you would be scared. We're so developed as a society, it's like we try to pretend that we don't have these very primitive things built into our brain that you just simply can't deny are there. It's crazy, like, kids are born with a mobile phone in their hand. And because we're so used to seeing that, it, it just makes us think that our brains are developed as fast as the technology. But that is just not true at all. Like, the technology is way ahead of what our primitive minds can handle. So, someone who likes classic rock. Classic rock was ahead of its time when it came out. So, if someone really liked that then, and never really kept up with new trends, and then they listen to hip-hop from today, of course they're gonna be scared of it or disapprove of it. It's only natural to be afraid of what you don't know. But the thing is, in the same way with, you know, for hundreds of years, Irish people never saw a black person. As a developed society, we stop and go, all right, okay, let's see what's going on here. Nah, he's just a guy, he's cool, all right. Yeah, we did it. We beat racism, everybody. You know, but the primitive thing would just to be continuing to be scared. So in the same way with music, don't just constantly criticize it and start to hate the new technology and the new styles of music. Take a step back and check your privilege. <laughs> you white male fuck. Okay, I, I should really should, I've, I talked about heaven at the start of this, like I shouldn't be talking about these issues, but whatever, it's a pretty basic concept. In the 1940s, a band would record a song performing together in the same room into a microphone, and they had one shot per recording, you know, in the 40s. So everything had to be practiced perfectly. The musicians had to move around during the recording depending on who needs to be closer to the mic, like, at the very start of recording technology, the singer would be right up, at the, right next to the microphone, and uh, the rest of the band would be back, and then she would have to, like, step back really quick, and if someone was doing a solo, they would have to, like, run up straight to the mic and be at the front of the stage. Like, that's a song and a dance, literally. So, in the 60s, it's more advanced. We have, like, 
four instruments to a tape and you can have different takes. Then in the 80s, there's like synthesizers and there's machines and guitars don't sound like guitars anymore. And in the 2000s, you can record an infinite amount of instruments. All of them can be machines and it's recorded on a thing that isn't even physical. And the end product is just a, it's just a couple letters on a screen and you click on it and then the music comes. So, I mean, that's a huge technological leap and how you're supposed to accept, expect people to keep up with those kind of changes. Of course, people are going to be skeptical and they're going to not accept it as the, the thing that they uh, love ever so much. Because it's, it's not just kids who get engrossed in art and music and films. Like, adults very much put their lives into this stuff, like getting tattoos of bands and everything, you know? And when I was younger watching that cartoon, thinking that the meaning of life was hidden in music, like, in certain ways, as adults, we do believe that as well. You know, like, if you get lyrics tattooed on your body, like, obviously that has great meaning for you. But when I was a kid, I took the meaning of life literally. I thought there was a sentence that someone would say, like, this is why you're alive. But the meaning is, it's different for, for everybody. And maybe you find it, maybe you don't. And maybe the meaning for you is music, maybe the meaning for someone else is doing something kind for somebody. You know, it's, it's purely subjective, just like the art is itself. You know, I think the only reason that anyone cares what art is, is because we all deem it to be something beautiful and very important. So people are precious about the art that they like. Even if the only piece of art you like is something very small and simple like a film or a certain type of film or a certain genre, people don't want you messing with that. They don't want you messing with their perception of what that means to them. Yeah, music is art. Hello! In case I haven't introduced what's happening here, this is a pre-recorded segment. Uh, it's like half twelve at night, and I am pissed drunk. And I was just in the studio recording a little video bit for a promo, and I thought, you know what? I'm probably never gonna be this pissed in this studio again. So why not? Let's just sit down and have a ramble, and if it's really awful, we can delete it later. So there's a few things that I want to say. Uh, one of them, I suppose, I'll just start with the most important. When I was coming here on my bike, <clears throat> I was in a lane, uh, a lane of traffic, and I thought to myself, am I supposed to be here? And that was because there was a taxi who stopped suspiciously at the lights, and I thought, I, I always assume that I'm in the wrong with traffic, because when you buy a bike, you don't have to go to traffic school, but taxi guys, they've been in the game a long time. But that's also to their detriment, because they could be lax with the rules, and they maybe do some things they ain't supposed to. So I thought maybe this guy was doing something he ain't supposed to. Uh, no, I thought I was doing something wrong, but this guy seems suspicious. Yeah, okay, we got that down. And I thought, wait a minute, 
that light, the, the traffic light, it says bus go, you know? Like, it says bus, but the green symbolizes go. That's what green means in this society. It means go. Good. Uh, yeah, so it said that, and he was not a bus. He was a taxi. <clears throat> so he didn't go, and he let me go through, and taxis never do that. So I thought, aha, he must be in the wrong lane. I have deduced this. And then I thought, wait a minute. I remember there's a thing about bus lanes that you can go in them sometimes or you can't. And I thought, uh, maybe he's not supposed to be in the bus lane at night. And then I thought, no. I bet he's not allowed to be in the bus lane in the morning. Because it's always... The morning has more respect than the night. And get this, okay? This isn't a difficult concept. In the morning, everyone assumes you're trying to get to work. Or you got places to go, you, you got places to be. So, there's rules in place, you know, buses, you have this lane, you get to go faster because you're probably on the way to work because you're a bus. And, you know, in the morning, like, people serve you quicker in restaurants and cafes and stuff. They serve nicer food, everyone's kind of more friendly because it's the morning. Everybody has respect for the morning. Pretty much. And, and it, to further my point, if you're drunk, okay... These are the most disrespectful people on the planet. Drunk people. If you're drunk in the morning, it, it, you are the politest person in the world. You're never rude to someone if you're drunk at like 6am. Because you know that the time for respectful people has come. And respectful people are on the streets in their suits and their uniforms and their, with their lanyards. They're on the street with all this stuff. Look at you, you sick fuck. It's six o'clock in the morning. Nobody, what are you doing here? Get out of here. It, if you've been drunk at 6 a.m., you know what I mean. But at night, anyone can do what they want. This taxi guy, he's allowed to be in the bus lane at night because there's no rules at night. There's no, no. That's why the guardy come out at night. Do you ever see guardy? Policemen in their cars and vans. Do you ever see them at 6am? No. Because no crime happens at 6am. The only crime that happens at 6am is getting up too goddamn early. <laughs> um, there's something else I wanted to say. Oh yeah. People won't remember what you've done or what you've said. People will remember how you made them feel. And I can't remember why I thought of that today. But it's it's something that I feel needs to be addressed. Because I was thinking about a guy I went to school with. And I was thinking about his younger brother. And I just couldn't remember his name. I just remembered, yeah, like he was, he was a bit of crack. And I was just thinking, back when I knew that little person... I knew, like, 50 people, you know? I remembered his name back then, and I remembered who he was and his whole shtick. But now I know loads of people. I've met so many people. Think about how many people you've met over your life. Just, like, doctors, air stewardesses, people who work in cafes. Loads of people. But when you're a kid, who do you know? You know your mom, 
or like a parent or a grandparent, whoever takes care of you and feeds you. Like a cat, you remember who feeds you. Or a wolf. So, anyway, my point being, now that you know loads of people, you, your brain has to like delete the memories of the stuff that's not really important. And no offense to this guy, his name's Dara, I remembered it. No offense to Dara, but like, t just not a lot of stuff happened between us. But I remember how I felt when I was around him. How can we apply this to our lives? Think about it this way. When you're doing something, you, everything is so important at that moment. Let's say you're on stage. Everything is so important in that moment. But at the end of the day, people aren't going to remember exactly what happened. There's like 20 people there with their phones out. They're not even paying attention at the time. All they're going to remember is, Oh yeah, they were class. They're not going to remember the intricate details of your posture and whatnot. Your goal should be not to dwell on something stupid you said. Like say you go up to the mic and you go, Duh! And you're like, oh, I sounded like a weenie. Don't worry about that because people probably won't remember. If you played some really cracking tunes or some really good bass, people are going to remember that. But uh, I'm kind of sick of my own fucking voice now. I feel like this is a big mistake doing this, but just for the sake of closing this off, I just want to tell a little anecdote about what happened at Tilt tonight. Great showcase. Go to it next month if you're in Dublin. It was fucking, it was unreal. And yeah, so there was these photographers taking pictures, as photographers do. It's their main thing. Uh, they were taking pictures and this girl like, was great, great photographer. And now I'm no genius on the L camera, but you know, I've, I've used one from time to time. And I've made a few music videos and the likes. So... I noticed that she was really brave with the shots she was taking. You never think about this unless you actually do it. For example, you know the way like you watch football and you just say, oh, he should have done this, he should have done that. It is such a different experience. Like when you imagine stepping on a football pitch and there's 45,000 people around you and you're in Tokyo and the TVs are on you, millions of people are watching it, so it's a quarterfinal of a World Cup. You're at home like, ah, he should have fucking passed it on his left. But if that was you in real life, you'd be thinking, whoa, a lot of people here today, a lot of pressure. Everybody in my country wants me to kick the ball at the right velocity in the right, in the right geographical location. I mean, when you think about it, you're a football player on this pitch. There's cameras and people on you. Literally everyone you know is watching you. And you have to use your foot to kick a ball into an exact coordinate on earth. And if you do that, you'll earn a million euro and everyone will love you. But if you don't, you'll get loads of hate on YouTube and Twitter. And if you fall over, you're fucked. But anyway, there's this photographer at the gig, and she was great. Like, from being in that position, I noticed she was, like, very brave with the angles she was getting. She was, like, really focusing on her shots. She was checking all the pictures that she took after she took them so she could improve upon that in real time. 
and I thought, whoa, she's a good photographer. So I went up to her after the gig and I said, hey, you're a good photographer. And she was like, oh, thank you. And then I realized, what the fuck am I doing here? I don't, I don't have a, I don't have things to say after this. I just had that one thing. And the one thing I said seemed good, so I said another thing, and I explained why she was good at photography, and she seemed happy with that. But, oh my god, I just kept talking. I just kept talking. Why? I should have just left. I should have just said, yeah, cool, yeah, good. But it came to a point where, like, her friends left, and <laughs> just kept talking. And then I asked her some questions. And then I made a joke like, sorry, I'm, I'm stealing all your university knowledge. Like, I should be paying for this. And she's like, no, it's grand. I just turned around and then she was gone and I thought, oh, shit. That, that, I, I was stealing information there, wasn't I? I think the last question I asked her was, so you get paid for this? <laughs> and it was supposed to be funny, but in a funny kind of way where like other people are laughing at me. Not a joke where we both laugh at. But anyway, I'm that just happened like 20 minutes ago, so I'm still kind of cringing about that. But anyway, I had a good time. My name is PDF Pocket Hole, and you've been listening to the Pocket Hole Podcast. Weekly Wacky Track Collage. The Weekly Wacky Track Collage. It seems there's been a bit of confusion about what this is, which is totally fair because... It's called the Weekly Wacky Track Collage. I haven't really explained the past that. Some people think I'm remixing the guests that are on the show. Some people think I'm just coming out with a new track or whatever. Basically, the idea behind it was that you would send me a sound. And it could be your baby gurgling. It could be a YouTube video. It could be a voice message from yourself. Whatever. Just a sound of any sort. And I'll I'll make a song out of it at the end of the show. That's that's pretty much it. You can email me a, a, a wave file dot wav file or an MP3, whatever. I'll, I'll convert it. Send it to pdfpockethole at gmail dot com. Or you can send me a WhatsApp. And here's my phone number. Okay, plus three five three. 89491-7146 So you can send a voice message in the actual WhatsApp uh, app and I'll find a way to get that into a song of somehow or another through the magic of technology. So yeah, wacky track this week. It's uh, someone sent me a YouTube link to this uh, video. Uh, I think it's from like 2009. And it's this hilarious Elfla from, uh, I can't remember where he's from. He's from the west of Ireland somewhere. Kerry, I think, right? And he's in America. And this guy is, this American is interviewing him saying, um, What's going on in Ireland with the Celtic tiger and the, and the, the, the banks are hurting so much, the downfall? What's, what's the story here? And your man goes, do you, do you really want to know? I'd love to know. But I'll tell you, it's like what it's those wanking fucking bankers. Greed, greed, and more fucking greed, and cheap money. And in Ireland, it's a tragedy what happened to the tiger. We have, uh, I'd say, four causes. We had a stupid fucking government. Uh, we had a regulator that was asleep at the wheel. 
and we had uh, very deceitful and conniving and corrupt developers and of course above all wanking fucking bankers wanking bankers we had it doesn't even matter what he's saying it's just the, the way he speaks is just hilarious and it was a big viral video back in the day so I made a little song out of that it's called wanking fucking bankers and <laughs> I laughed so much making this every kind of musical achievement within it was hilarious to me when you're making a song there's these moments where you kind of just sit back and you're you know satisfied with what you've done that happened a lot a lot in this song so before we get into the wank and bankers thing i just i, I never say this some of the podcast apps that you listen on they have a section to like go to review the podcast if you could do that that would be fantastic thank you so much uh, I'm not even totally sure how to do it myself, but if you if you know and it just takes two seconds, that would be fantastic. And also, more importantly than that, if you could tell a friend about it, that is the most valuable source of ears in the podcast universe. Seriously, just telling one person about it, that would be make an immense difference. Uh, thank you everybody for listening I really 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 appreciate uh, you sticking around and listening to these ramblings but anyway enough of this shit show let's get on with the weekly wacky track of the week and this track is called haha <laughs> it's called wanking fucking bankers and you're listening to the pocket hole podcast my name is pdf pocket hole and boy we had a great show today what a great show what a great audience you've been great thank you thank you <laughs> no please please thank you oh stop stop oh stop shut up Okay, thanks very much, everybody. See you later, and goodbye. Today we're talking to a real Irishman and someone in the money business about what's going on in Ireland. What's the story here? Do you, do you really want to know? I'd love to know. Bankers. Wanking bankers. Wanking bankers. Wanking bankers. Wanking bankers, we had these assholes, employees and directors of banks getting these huge bonuses and salaries, but all these assholes should be thrown in jail and the keys thrown away for the rest of their life. Wanking bankers. Who's going to pay for it? Who's going to pay for it? Who's going to pay for it? The working man, the fisherman, farmer, the labourer, the working man, the fisherman, farmer, the labourer, the working man, the fisherman, farmer, the labourer, the teacher, the policeman, the fireman, the plumber, the carpenter, the working man. Wanking bankers. Wanking bankers. Wanking bankers. We had these assholes, employees, and directors of banks getting these huge bonuses and salaries, but but all these assholes should be thrown in jail and the keys thrown away for the rest of their life. And, and you know, uh, um, you know, the Michael Flatley is really from Chicago. 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 Fuck off. Welcome to the Pocket Hole Podcast.